0: sisters welcome to sugar-coated murder where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on yep one of our favorite subjects murder. murder oh and we love to bake and why not combine our two favorite subjects baking and killers Hello, Ann Varner. Hello, Karen Devaney. Oh my gosh, happy International Podcast Day. Oh my. I know. Isn't that exciting? And guess what we're doing to celebrate? Podcasting. We're podcasting. Yay, look at us go. I mean, it's the craziest thing. What a great idea. We're out of control. Oh, we are all sorts of out of control. We're having too much fun. We are having too much fun. And by the way, this is our 34th full episode. Wow. Like, who knew we were going to do all that? I had no earthly idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, too, but but in a good way. I yes. love it. I, it, still, it still gets me up in the morning. It still drives me. I'm loving this. Oh, my this gosh. so fun. It is very fun. Yeah. And the
1: people who actually listen
0: to us. That's the thing that really just makes my head spin around yeah. three times. What the heck? I know. People that don't know us it. and don't have to listen. Right. Like, they voluntarily do it. Crazy. I know. It's I so love crazy. it. And I love each and every one of them. Me too. So, what are you making today? Well, you know, fall is fast approaching. Yeah, I can't decide here.
1: I can't decide. And um, I just needed one last shot of summer in my kitchen. <laughs> so I decided to make Key Lime Delights, which oh, is like a key lime bar. Like I, lemon love, bar like with key lime.
0: I love it. I love yes. key lime everything.
1: And this is straight out of a... a Key lime recipe book from Key West, Florida.
0: Oh, you can't get any more authentic than that. Exactly. You are certified authentic. I
1: know. And here I am cutting my butter into my flour and powdered sugar. With a fork. I know. Because. Just to say we're still still humble people just in a simple kitchen because I don't have a I'm butter so cutter. getting
0: you a cutter for, I don't know, Christmas. That's what your Christmas oh. present's going to be. Oh, that's
1: exciting.
0: A pastry cutter. That's You're exciting. not going to know what to do with yourself. You I won't know. even know how to act.
1: I'm, I'll probably still be cutting this butter
0: by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> my butter cutter is so um, old that one of the blades is actually bent.
1: Oh, my.
0: But I don't care. Is it still work? uh yeah that's
1: all that really matters
0: i know and it makes life a lot easier that's why you're going to get one yay i'm so excited (laughs) and then i'll be expecting you to be buttercutting all over the place well
1: you expect a lot of me i will say well
0: i mean no more than i expect from Uh, other people (laughs) that's not true that is so not true whatever you got this i don't ever expect to do anything beyond what i know you can do okay (laughs) so you got this sugar so do you want us to tell us about the recipe before i start yeah
1: sure it's really simple you just make your basic crust like you would for a um a lemon bar it's powdered sugar flour and two sticks of butter i love butter um, you cut that together, you bake it, and then you make your key lime filling. I use the Nellie and Joe's key, lime, key West Key
0: Lime juice. Yes. Some people
1: like to use their own key limes, but I don't have time to squeeze my own limes. Oh, and That's we don't nice. always,
0: thank you, we don't always get them in our grocery store either. No, so don't. it's a hit or miss. So it is. I like Nellie and Joe. I think they're good people. Yeah, And they have good key limes. Wherever they are, they grow some good, some mighty fine key limes. I
1: agree. And I did feel a little guilty because our listeners heard that they were going to get a key lime recipe, a key lime pie recipe. When Mama was here. We accidentally filmed um, Not Us.
0: (laughs) That is true. We
1: recorded, but we didn't film it just didn't work out it and an the
0: fail. the audio recording was ridiculous it was ridiculous it was just but. awful so that was a that was definitely a fail we've got a couple of those under our belts but it's yeah. okay we're we're so human we are so human, so <laughs> human. we are so human yeah.
1: So, that's what, I'm still cutting
0: butter, by the way. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to tr- try to talk real Ta- yeah, gonna slow. Yeah, I'm going to talk real slow. Otherwise, you're going to
1: be finishing
0: up this recipe. Oh, Lord. Well, you know I don't like that. I do know. Okay, so I'm going to start with my moida. Okay. Okay? Let's hear I'm going to talk murder to you, girl. Ooh. Ooh, getting Ooh. sassy. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Reverend Dwight W. Moore. Dwight W. Moore. The right Reverend Dwight. All right. Okay, this is August of 1989, so we're going back a bit. Yeah. And he is in the hospital fighting for his life. Oh, bless his heart. Back in November of 1988, he had just um, had his nuptials canceled because he was hospitalized due to severe nausea and vomiting. Oh,
1: dear. He
0: went through a couple of bouts of some intestinal issues, and he actually ended up with an operation on part of his intestines. Oh, dear. I know how that feels, and I'm real sorry for you, Dwight. So, April of 1989, um, Dwight finally is able to marry his bride, Blanche.
1: Aww.
0: Yes. Five days later, Dwight is back in the hospital again with severe nausea and vomiting. Oh, no. The hospital where he is cannot figure out what's wrong with him, and they transfer him to a hospital in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Um, In May, doctors determine that Dwight, now near death, has been poisoned with arsenic. Oh, Dwight. Yes.
1: What what has happened?
0: Yeah. And they report this to the police. So the police come and talk to Dwight in the hospital. Dwight summons the strength to to discuss his situation with them. In the discussion, they ask Dwight... Who do you think could have done this to you? And he has no idea. And he said, I don't think anybody did this to me. I was at the parsonage, and I was spraying dandelion killer on the dandelions. And and right as I was finishing up, my wife brought me a chicken sandwich, which I ate. And I must not have washed my hands. Okay. And they said, Dwight, (laughs) you have... A hundred times more arsenic in your body than what is normal. We've never even seen a person live this long with this much arsenic. Right. You're pretty much going to die. This does not come from one spraying of the dandelions. You don't use arsenic on dandelions. It's an insecticide. Right. And he's like, well, then I don't know who could have done it.
1: (laughs) Well, let's think about your chicken
0: sandwich. All right. So they, they keep talking and they keep talking and Dwight is... You know, they're discussion. They're discussing all sorts of things, and, you know, they're going through different people in his life, and, you know, he's divorced, he's got two daughters, and, you know, where's your ex-wife, and what are your daughters up to, and all this kind of stuff, and they talk about Blanche, his new bride, and in the discussion, at some point, I hear a weird noise. Oh, okay. It's a weird noise. What's happening?
1: Oh, it's a—it's just my
0: computer. It's fine. Okay. Is there like an, um, an end of the world alarm going off? Uh, no. Okay. Just making sure. So. But good on
1: you for checking because. Yeah, in case it's the end of the world. We need to know if it's the end of the world. We'll just because hurry up the murders and get out.
0: Yeah.
1: We can't just leave them hanging. And that
0: song says it's the end of the world and we know it.
1: I thought it was as we know it. No.
0: But oh, we're going to have to look up another song. Oh, no. Well, either way, it's something about knowing it. And if I don't know that it's the end of the world, then I can't sing that song. How funny am I
1: going to... I'm going to laugh at either one, whichever one of us has been singing it wrong
0: all these years. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't doubt it if it's me, but I like <laughs> the way I sing it. <laughs> so they need to change the words if it's wrong. Okay,
1: you keep going. I'm going to so,
0: type into Google. Okay, thank you. So... <laughs> In the discussions with Dwight, he tells them about Blanche's um, long-term boyfriend that is an ex, was an ex-boyfriend, and that he had actually died of really severe. Um, when well, he died <laughs> of heart fit, uh Which one is the it? The name of the song. Uh huh. The
1: name of the song by the wonderful band REM uh-huh. is "It's the End of the World as We Know It."
0: But then how do they sing it? I know that's the title. <laughs> Maybe they change the words when they sing it. Because uh, no. I don't sing the title. I sing the words. No, no, no. No, but no. Well, I'm going to have to write to R-E-M and let them know that they need to change their words. Well, the
1: end of the world as we know it. But if... Either way, you gotta know. Yeah. You gotta know
0: if it's the end of the world. There's a big
1: deal. There's a big difference between as we know it and and we. Know
0: I figured it. the world was ending. That they were prophesying. I, I think they're saying that <laughs> Things are changing. It's just changing. Oh, I thought like it was really the end of the world, no, and we're good. No. We're all and we're fine. Yeah. We're we're all good with that. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: Oh, this whole time I thought it, they were like great. Prophesers, no. prophesiers, no. prophecies, whatever they are. No. All right, back to poor Rev. Poor the poor Rev. Alright. So he starts telling them about this weird stuff that happened to Blanche's ex long-term boyfriend Raymond Reed. Oh no. Yeah, and he had died under suspicious circumstances while Blanche and Dwight were dating. Dwight was dating Blanche at the time. But Reed, Raymond Reed had died during that time. And the reason that he knew that he was ill for a long time and in the hospital was because Blanche would go and see him. You know, because they had had a really long-term relationship. So,
1: Dwight... And Dwight still married her.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, Dwight said... Blanche said he died of heart failure. And that she was just there because they had had this long-term relationship. She wasn't still in love with him. But she was there as family. Like she knew, like he had been really good to her daughters. Her daughters visited him in the hospital. So, you know, it was, they broke up, but not on bad terms. Right, right. So, the police, again, tell Dwight that they've never seen so much arsenic in a person's body that was still living. (laughs) And the doctors confirmed it. So, Dwight continues to fight for his life, despite severe organ failure and his hands and feet actually went dead oh gosh and his fingernails as they were growing had white streaks in them that was a telltale sign of arsenic right oh my gosh yes but meanwhile police start poking around about raymond reed's death
1: right
0: so they go to the hospital where he died and they interviewed the ICU nurses at North Carolina Baptist Hospital in Winston Salem, North Carolina, which mm-hmm. is, and he, he interviews the nurses that took care of them, right. of him, and they tell police about how Reed started to improve, and that upon improvement, Blanche had him sign a new will that they they witnessed oh, while he was still in the hospital, and it named Blanche as the executor and gave him a third of his estate, and a month later. Reed was still in the hospital recovering, and nurses observed Blanche um, feeding him some of her homemade banana pudding because he loved it. Oh, Lord. She offered some some to the nurses from a separate container, but they all said no thank you. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Six days later, Reed dies from apparent heart failure. And so that's enough for police to think perhaps we need to take another look at Reed. Right. So they go and exhume Raymond Reed. Oh, wow. And the autopsy reveals that he died of arsenic poisoning. He had 60 times more than the normal amount in his body. Holy cow. She doesn't play. Right. So they tell Dwight, and Dwight still doesn't believe it. For heaven's sakes, Dwight. So police start poking around into Blanche's history. So Blanche had spent 32 years in Alamance County, North Carolina. She worked at Kroger as a checker. She was very beloved by her customers and co-workers. Okay. People in the community described her as a sweet Christian lady.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: People in her inner circle had their doubts. I'm sure. So back when Blanche was 19, her womanizing father divorced her mother in search of a younger woman. He remarries and becomes a devoted preacher, and at the age of 62, he suddenly passes away from what is determined to be heart disease. Oh, okay. By then, Blanche had settled down and was married to James Taylor, not our James Taylor. Oh, I
1: was like, wait. No, no,
0: no, not the James Taylor that wrote all the great songs. Right, right. No, mm-mm, thank God. Seven years into their marriage, Taylor suddenly dies at the age of 45 of a heart attack in his sleep.
1: Oh, bless his
0: heart. So poor Blanche is a widow at age 40. Mm. But she has plenty of suitors coming around. So she begins... For all her good cooking. Oh, yeah. she's Absolutely. She's got that Southern charm, girl. She's She's got that Southern charm. She's She's a great Southern cook. So, Blanche begins dating a co worker at Kroger named Raymond Reed. He was a divorced manager and worked at the Kroger in Burlington where Blanche worked.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Like, who is this romance? Kind of, but more of a grocery store romance. So, Reed was uh, very good to Blanche's two, do- two daughters. Daughters.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they absolutely adored him. So, her work life was pretty interesting, a little tumultuous. According to Kroger Corporate, she was a great worker and a good leader and, and always got high praise on her evaluations. Great. She was the one that trained the new checkers when they came aboard. And she was great at her job. They had nothing bad to say. But her co-worker said, if you ever got on her bad side, she became incredibly vindictive. Oh, my. She held a grudge, and she was very two-faced. Most co-workers just tried to steer clear. So, October 1985, there's a company official, a top manager, visiting the Burlington store. Right. And Blanche says that he he began making sexual advances toward her. Uh Unwanted. One day, he cornered her in a conference room, naked from the waist down.
1: (laughs) Why was she naked from the waist down? No, he was. Oh, wow. I was like, why he was she at work?
0: Maybe from the waist down. She's not. He is. Oh my! And he came after her, saying, "Are you ready for this?" Oh, that's what he said. <laughs> Supposedly, this. this is according to Blanche. Okay. okay. Blanche grabs his pants and underwear off the floor okay. and runs out of the store. Oh my! And reports what has happened, and that manager had to leave the store in a butcher smock. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, he was in trouble. So, Blanche never goes back to work. She (laughs) files a $15 million sexual harassment lawsuit against Kroger, citing that it has caused her anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, right before that happened, in April of that year, so that all happened in October of 85, Uh in April of 85, Right before this incident happened, a relative of hers took her to an Easter service at the Carolina United Church of Christ.
1: All right.
0: The preacher there was a divorced man with two kids named Dwight Moore. Ah. Yes. And Blanche was sweet on him from the beginning. Well, sure. I mean, you're always looking for a nice man at church, right? I agree. They say you meet your best men at church. That's what they say. Well, I don't think that, I think that could be true, but I'm thinking Moore didn't meet his best woman at church. Right. (laughs) So, unaware of Blanche's ongoing long-term relationship with Raymond Reed that is still going on, he starts to court Blanche. He calls her quite often, and he leaves notes on her door at home, like little sweet notes to her. And eventually, she agrees to start dating more. She never mentions her long-term relationship with Raymond Reed, okay? All right. But she starts to date him. So in May of 1986, Raymond Reed enters the hospital very ill. Oh, I see here. See where we're going? We got a little pattern going. Severe nausea and vomiting. Dwight said Blanche visited Reed several times in the hospital. She says because they had dated so long, she had formed a a long-term friendship with him. Okay. And her girls really loved him, and so she was just trying to be supportive of him. Right. That's what she told Dwight. Of course. Reed is in the hospital thinking he's still dating this woman, and that's why she's coming around so much. Oh, Lord. Right. So she has not been honest with either one of them. He has no idea that, Raymond Reed has no idea he's actually her ex.
1: He
0: thinks he's the current. If he had realized it, perhaps he would not have changed his will. Right. (laughs) Even though Blanche said he knew, but he changed his will anyway, because he just loved me. September 21st, 1986, Reed starts to recover And shows signs of being able to beat this mysterious disease. Yeah. Okay. That's when he signs the new will. And by October 1st, Reed is dead from an apparent heart failure from his mysterious disease. Right. Okay. So. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Blanche receives over $60,000 in life insurance and estate payments after Lee's death. Wow! She really benefited for that. She certainly did. Yes. Okay, July of 1987, Blanche accepts a settlement from Kroger of $275,000. So, she's living large in Alamance County, North Carolina. Yes, she is. So now, with all of this information, on the history of what Blanche has been up to, police become suspicious of anybody in Blanche's life that might have died suspiciously. Right, yeah. What's the, so they really start digging the up graves all over the county. Lord have mercy. And people are coming out of the woodwork saying, my husband died suspiciously too. You need to exhume his body. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or my, my husband or my daughter or my whoever... They said it was a heart attack or a heart failure or a heart disease. Pull them up, too, out of the ground. I mean, it's crazy. So in July of 1989, they go back and exhume James Taylor's body, Blanche's first husband. Uh, They redo an autopsy, and it reveals he actually died from arsenic poisoning.
1: For heaven's sake, where is he getting the arsenic?
0: It's called anti-ant. She gets it from this one store all the time, and she tells the clerk, keep it stocked. It works like a charm. Oh, Yes. Two weeks after they reveal the real death of James Taylor, Blanche is arrested and charged with two counts of murder and one count. I said one account. One count of assault with a deadly weapon, and that's the poison on Dwight. Oh,
1: deadly weapon,
0: poison. Love it. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I didn't realize that poison could be a deadly weapon, but I guess that's what they call it in Alamance County, North Carolina. There you go. Yes. Whatever works, right? Whatever works. So three days after they charge Blanche with those two counts of murder, they go and exhume the body of Blanche's father and Blanche's mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law was the mother of James Taylor. Uh Oh. Okay. We
1: didn't
0: like her. I guess. I mean, some people don't like their MILs. I don't know. Right. Autopsy reveals elevated levels of arsenic in both of them, but not lethal. So they don't charge it with anything. In August of 1989, Blanche pleads not guilty to all charges. I'm just saying. Go Blanche. Go, go Blanche. Blanche. Go. It's your birthday. Go Blanche. It's your birthday. It's not your birthday. You're just guilty. <laughs> October of 1990, the trial begins for the charge of murder of Raymond Reed. Murder. So they're gonna. Tr- they're gonna go with that one first. Okay. Okay. So Dwight, at this point, summons the strength to show up for trial, even though at this point he is, he is still recovering, he is still trying to regain the use of his hands and feet, and he is very, very frail. He decides to go to trial, and he testifies against Blanche, because he finally figured out, duh. Okay. So, the judge also allows the prosecution to present the poisoning cases of Dwight and the suspicious deaths of, um, her ex-husband, her father, and her ex stepmother ex ex-mother-in-law.
1: Right.
0: So, oh, so they get to hear about that. They get that. to hear about that in nice. the trial. Yes, which I thought was really... I because her
1: sip it, his her sip is sunk.
0: <laughs> Girl, your sip is sunk. Her sip is sunk. <laughs> There's so, no
1: coming back. Is there, there a
0: liquor in there? I just got tea in my cup. I didn't get any kind of liquor. I, well, I didn't have enough tea for me, so I had to put something in my cup. Oh, my. Okay, so November 14th, 1990, mm. the jury convicts Blanche Taylor Moore of first degree murder of Raymond Reed. Um, November 16th, 1990, the jury sentences Moore to death. <gasps> what? To the death. Wow. So, December 4th, Dwight Moore files for divorce from That's Lynch. probably a really
1: good idea. Poor
0: Dwight. He's really been through it, too. Yeah. Plus his little heart. So, May 3rd, 1993, there is a TV movie that comes out starring Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched. Right, right. She plays Black Blanche in the movie Black Widow Murders, the Blanche Taylor Moore story.
1: Wow. I know.
0: Look at that. But Blanche has never tried for any of the other victims. And this is what bothers me. I get it. They're saying they spent a million dollars on the first trial. She got the death penalty. But but I just get nervous with all of these overturning the death sentences. Yeah. And then it becomes life and not life without parole because they only killed one person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if they had tried her and convicted her of multiple deaths, then, yeah, she gets three death sentences, but if it's ever overturned, it surely they're not going to let her get parole. Right. And that's what makes me really nervous. Right. So your dog is very upset about this. And I don't blame you, Trout. They should have, I mean, let's just face it, they should have done something. So, but there's more. <gasps> there's more. Now, she's still on death row at the North Carolina Correctional Institute for Women, which is in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you and I can go and visit with old Blanche anytime. Well, let's take her some banana pudding. I think we'll take her some banana pudding. Maybe we'll make that on our podcast and then truck it on over there. There you go. So, by, by the year 2000, she has exhausted all of her meals. Right. Please say something to your dog. Trout?
1: You're a dog, and you make noise. No, that's not what we're saying. What do you want me to say? Hush. He can't even see me. Trout, hush. You be
0: quiet. He's very upset by that. You be quiet right now. Well, that's enough. Well, he keeps going. So do you. Well, because I am a photo. (laughs) They're not tuning in to hear his whiny. I think they do. No, they don't. He's on my nerves. Trout.
1: Just ignore him.
0: I can't. 2010, Blanche asks for her sentence to be converted to life, but she's denied. 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 So, I'm going to tell you about the alleged victims of Blanche Taylor Moore. Why are you saying alleged? Well, because she wasn't convicted convicted on anything else. Right. So, we've got her first husband, James Taylor. 1973, he died. She was charged for his murder, but never tried. Right. 1989, Dwight Moore, she was charged charge of assaulting him with the deadly poison, but never tried for that.
1: Oh.
0: The Reverend Parker Kaiser Sr. was Blanche's dad. He's the one that they dug up, and there was not enough to say it was a lethal amount of arsenic in his body, although there was elevated well, amounts. Right. Um, Isla Taylor, who was Branch's mother-in-law, died in 1970, so she died before James died. Wow. And when they exhumed her, again, high levels of arsenic. arsenic.
1: Here's your
0: bourbon. Of arsenic. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there's is is the bourbon. The, bottom bottom the whole time. Um, It was not lethal. And then there's Lillian Taylor Stewart, who was the sister of James, who died in 72 of an unknown illness. Because oh, so he was like... She's getting rid of the whole family. But her body was never dug up. Right. But they there are a lot of people who speculate that, you know, she had all these people die like ba-da doom, ba-da doom, ba-da doom. Right. And they're thinking at the hands. So Joseph Mitchell um died in nineteen eighty-five and he was a coworker of hers. His body was exhumed because his wife said he knew her, and I'm just saying, they said it was heart disease, and I don't believe them, and they said, nope, there's no arsenic in him, and that's the point where they stopped digging people up. Right, because they're like, we could be okay, digging could up everybody. we could be digging up everybody, and it's a hit or miss at this point. She's right. got death, so whatever. So, <clears throat> that's the end of the story of Blanche, but i got to tell you about the prosecutor. Oh. This prosecutor is, is interesting. Her name was Janet Branch. Okay. Okay. She almost caused a mistrial because of her outburst of crying and sobbing during the trial. What? <laughs> so she what? would talk about the suffering of the victims and, like, of she would talk about Reed laying in bed and being upset that his, his girlfriend hadn't come to see him yet while she's at home making the banana pudding and putting the arsenic in it to come and kill him. Okay. And he was so in love with her that he was actually waiting for his murderer to come to kill him and uh, she would she break was down and the dramatic yes and she would break down and sob and they like twice the defense motion for a mistrial and the judge had to talk to her and said oh. you need to get it together. Oh my like she was sobbing. She's very passionate about her people. I guess so so but then in October of nineteen ninety one so let's see Blanche's she is convicted in 1990, and in, in October, the trial starts. November, she's convicted in sentence, okay? Okay. October of 91, so it's a year later, this Janet Branch was charged, was arrested and charged for hitting her husband with a tire iron. What? (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like, what's happening? I don't know. It's the craziest thing. And then, in February of 1993, the North Carolina State Bar reprimands Janet Branch for trying to court a TV movie deal while the trial was still going on. Oh, my gosh. Yes. October of 2015... Janet Branch Downing, because she was married, she committed suicide by stepping into traffic on Interstate 485 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Lord have mercy. It makes you wonder if this trial did not make her crazy. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, I was just floored by that information. Not just, she
1: also got poisoned by arsenic and went crazy.
0: I don't know, perhaps. I mean, did she eat any banana pudding? Maybe no,
1: or a chicken sandwich,
0: or a chicken sandwich. I don't know, but I'm just saying that blew my mind. I mean, it was one thing to go through the whole thing with Blanche and all her shenanigans, right? But then this prosecutor, oh
1: my gosh,
0: yeah. That, like, she loses her marbles just a year after the trial is over. Holy crap. Actually, while the trial is going on, because she's trying to get up on TV. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that something? It's like the OJ trial before the OJ trial ever existed. I don't know. Actually, was this around the same time as OJ? I don't know. When was OJ? This was in the 80s? nineties. Um, this was 80s and 90s. No, he was a little bit further than that. He was further along. Like 96, maybe, mm. 95, mm. 96, 97, something. Anyway, I just thought that was... That's insane. Yeah, I was God-smacked over that one, over yeah. Janet Branch. Janet
1: Branch.
0: Yeah, well, so... It,
1: it was the end of the world,
0: As and she knew and it. She knew and it. She, knew and it. she knew it. She knew See how much better that sounds? No. Yeah, it's the end of the world, and we know it. And <laughs> we, we yeah. feel fine we about feel it. fine about it. Because we are right with Jesus, and we are good. <laughs> We're good. That's right. -hmm. Great story. Thank you. I enjoyed it. What's happening with them lemon bars? Because it
1: smells. Well, they're not lemon for one.
0: Well, they're not. They're key lime. So stop saying lemon. You're you're upsetting me and Trout. There's three
1: minutes left on the crust.
0: Okay. Once
1: the crust comes out,
0: then you pour your bar mix on top of that. I like a bar mix. I like it when they have the pretzels and the peanuts in it yeah. the varmix. I like that. I really like that. And then it goes back in the oven for another 20 to 25 minutes. So. Oh, that sounds like that's just enough time to tell a murder. It is. It is just seems enough. Like, seems like it's a perfect timing. So maybe this is a good time to take a pause. Yeah, so we can get right with your dog. <laughs> okay. And maybe I can tinkle. Okay. All right, we're going to pause and pause. Okay. And we're back. And right before. <laughs> Right before no, before we get started with your murder, right. sugar, I want to give a shout out to the person that actually gave me the murder to on Blanche, the, uh-huh. the murders of Blanche, whatever you, the case, right? And it's my friend Robin, and I went to high school with her, and I know her. She I went to the same high school as you. Shut up. And she um she now lives in that area. So that's how she knows so much oh, about that. Gotcha. So she sent me the articles and stuff on it. Nice. That's it really nice. So I just wanted to let you know.
1: I love when a fan reaches out, even More. if they went to high school with you and they yes. are your friend.
0: I would say she's and a she, friend before a fan because I don't, I mean, I'm sure she listens, but I don't, I don't know if she's an avid listener. Right, I don't right. want to pin that on her. No, no, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Too. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure to be my friend.
1: Yes. Well, yes. And to be a fan, because I'll be the first to ask when we're with a fan, what's your favorite episode?
0: Exactly. Because I want right. to know if you're telling oh, the truth. If you say, oh, I've it's ever. the
1: Women Bars episode, I know you're a liar. Because yeah. that was our first episode. And you've not and you've listened since. Yes. Yeah. If you didn't like the one where we were drunk, stupid... <laughs> If <laughs> yeah, that's not your the favorite, thing. then you're not a no, fan. You're not, no. <laughs> or you're at least not a listener. Exactly. All right. So I just wanted to get that in. Oh, good. All right. Thank so. you for infringing on my time. Give me a murder. Well, first, I'm going to tell you that the key lime bars are in the oven. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I smell them. They smell they real do. good.
1: But here's the thing that bothers me, and I know I talked about this with the lemon bar episode. Um, You can't taste this batter before you put it in, so I never know, is it limey enough? Do you need just a little titch more? Did I forget the sugar? (laughs) (laughs) Which would be what I would do. Yeah, well with these, I think you know. It's only three things in the batter.
0: Hey, listen. You never know. (laughs)
1: So, uh, anyway, we'll see how they turn out. Hopefully, they'll be good. Well, they I-
0: smelled delish, and I i was the one that brought the crust out of the oven, and it looked beautiful. Yeah. It was golden just on the edges. It was perfect. I
1: can't go wrong with butter. Two I sticks of can't. butter. Mm-hmm. There's two sticks of butter in the crust. So, right there, they're yummy. I could just take, if I didn't like it, take the filling off and eat the crust. Just eat the crust, because was- that's got
0: powdered sugar, flour, and butter. That's right. Like, you can't go wrong with
1: that. Oh, speaking of which, if y'all don't know it, the Great British Baking Show is back on.
0: Yes, it is. One of
1: our favorite shows to watch. It's, inspi-
0: it's I think it's what inspired us to do this baking thing. I think so, too. We really
1: got into it because that's when we decided, okay, instead of... <laughs> Birthday presents for our birthdays. We're going to bake each other a dessert. Yes, and, and then we
0: started pulling recipes and off of that. We went shop. crazy
1: and came up with like the craziest recipe
0: with forty three steps. And you nailed it, Shogun. Uh, you nailed it. And I would
1: love to do it again, but God, it's it takes too long.
0: It does take a long time. That would have to be a two parter. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and and this this week, and still making her <laughs> princess cake. Yeah. <laughs> It just started anything. a week ago.
1: Yeah. No. Well I have to look at other things. But I just love that. I don't know. I love, I love the love atmosphere
0: on the it. setting. I do I just and everything. You know, about it is I love beautiful. those doors, those oven <gasps> doors that open and, and fold then, underneath. Oh, and I love the refrigerators. Oh my gosh. Come on. Adorable. I just love I fall in love with the contestants instantly I know I just adore all of them and then they've got a new host this year who is so funny he's and I just I keep thinking I know him from somewhere like I feel like I know him in my personal life oh, yeah. like he's been in my personal life but it turns out he hasn't been no. but little does he know he might be later I don't, <laughs> I don't think
1: we, we have, have a single friend that's British
0: not one Oh, man, if anybody out there is British, could you just email us at murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com and be our friend? I know.
1: That'd be nice.
0: I would like to have an Irish friend, a Scottish friend, and an English friend.
1: And for nothing else, to practice our accents. Or for
0: them to hear how good my accent yes. is. Yes. My Southern Irish accent. <laughs> now,
1: I would. I would take a trip when all of the craziness is over. I would go to London.
0: I would go to now, London, Scotland, and Ireland. I don't even there, know if I want to go to London. I think I'd like to see some some of the English country side that's not not the not like the city of London. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I would rather see like the like they have beaches in England. Oh. Like I would like to go to some of the, you know, like where Broad Broadchurch, was that the name of it? Yeah. Was filmed. You know, like, I would love to go and see some of those areas. Not, I mean, London, I'm sure I could spend a day or a week or whatever, but I'm saying I would like to see some of the English country all together, all of it. All of
1: I agree. I, and, you know, a lot of people want to go because they want to see um, Wimbledon.
0: You know, yeah. that's like a
1: big thing. I would like to go see the Great British
0: Baking Show. Me too.
1: If they sold tickets to that or oh, whatever. Stop
0: it. I would totally stalk Mary, Barry, Paul. I would, oh. I would stalk all of them. I oh, will find yeah. out where they live. Heck yeah. And that's where we're going. We're just going to go on a baking tour. And now we've been uninvited. No, we won't really do that wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> <laughs> we would never. We would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it right now. That's right. I'm we're Googling where does out. Paul, what's his name, Paul? Hollywood. Paul, what, how can I forget that? Where does Paulie... Polly Hollywood. <laughs> well, if you call it Polly, it's not going to end. Alice called it
1: Pollywood. Oh my gosh. Lord have
0: mercy. Again,
1: uninvited.
0: Oh, uh, all right, fine. Barry, Barry, right. we're coming to find you. Here we come. And don't get me started with Peru because I love me some Peru. Oh my gosh. I love Peru. Too. She has the greatest glasses. She does. She makes me want to go and just get all those color glasses and just coordinate my outfits with them. I agree. Maybe one day when I'm rich and famous, that's what I'll be known for. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be like next week sometime. Hmm. Well, won't that be fancy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, girl, give me murder. I'm going to give you murder. Yeah. This one's insane.
0: Okay. I've
1: managed to find another
0: insane case. I don't please, know how it Please tell me there's not a head boiling on the stove. There is not a head boiling in the stove. Or baking in the oven. And there's
1: not one baking in an oven. Thank
0: God. Okay, I think i As a matter of fact, honest.
1: it doesn't even take place in a kitchen.
0: Oh, thank, yeah. the, thank the good Lord. Yeah. And it it's
1: actually going to take me a little bit to get to the murder.
0: There's oh, like a, a there's like a whole story. story oh, yeah. going on,
1: a story within a story. You're going to love it. You're okay. just
0: going to love it. Give it to me. All
1: Give it right. to me. So, it's a beautiful September. 1999.
0: Oh, this is in September. It is.
1: That's fancy. It takes place in Jericho, New York, which is not far from Manhattan.
0: Manhattan.
1: I will say I did not use the name of the homeowners in this particular story because I did not feel like I needed to drag them back into the horror. Oh. Oh. So I called them Dick and Jane. Okay, Dick and Jane. (laughs) Dick and Jane are getting ready to sell their house. Of course. Yes. They've lived in their house for 10 years and they're ready for a change. So Dick is doing the final walkthrough with the real estate broker and the potential buyer. You know, it's never really a deal until you're at the closing table. But, And they are doing an inspection on the outside of the house, and they come to the back of the house, and there's a crawl space. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about a crawl space, for me, what I've never owned a home, but for me, what I think of when I think about a crawl space is something that you either have to crawl under to get under your house. You, there, there's some that are so low, you you actually cannot stand belly. up. You're on your belly. And I've seen, the tallest one I've seen, you would have to be on your hands and knees. You gotcha. still couldn't really stand up.
0: In Maryland, ours, you could, for part of it, you could stand up in it. Right. And then it, it got lower and lower, and so by the time you were at the kitchen, you were really, like, almost crawling. Right. But you could get there.
1: Right. But to get in, you had to bend over and crouch. You couldn't just walk through. No, there crouch. was
0: a small door that you had to crouch and get under. Right. But then once you were under that door, you could stand up.
1: So for this one, it's under, like, a screen-in porch. And you can, like, you and I would only have to bend a little bit to get under it. Oh. Even, mm-hmm. like, a 10-year-old could walk in there okay.
0: easily so it's not like so it's like maybe a five foot clear right
1: and they used it to store like coolers and beach chairs oh yeah and that'd be perfect stuff like that yeah so they get to that crawl space and the buyer says um i want you to clean it out like it needs to be yeah cleaned out yeah don't leave you, your junk here don't leave your stuff here and it it did kind of irk Dick a little bit because he knew he was going to get some stuff, but there was this freaking barrel that had been there since he moved in Ugh, that he's yeah. just like, I don't even want to have to deal with that. He
0: inherited that problem, and he was hoping that people wouldn't notice and right. would just inherit right. it from him. Exactly,
1: exactly, because, I mean, what do you do with it? So anyway, he's not too happy about it, but he's like, okay, I'll leave it broom clean, so it's, okay. you know, it's a clean area. Um, and, you know, he's got all this stuff out and he goes in and he goes to move this barrel and it's a 50 gallon metal barrel. So it's not like an oak barrel or whatever. Yeah. It's like a drop. So drum. it wasn't bourbon.
0: It was not bourbon. <laughs> Damn. It was not bourbon. Aged 50 years. He found it <laughs> under his, under his crawl space and now he's a millionaire. A millionaire. Oh my gosh. Um.
1: He can't move it because it's really heavy. Oh, wow. So he's thinking, I'm going to see if the um, movers who helped mm-hmm. us move, like he's in the process of moving, so he's like, I'm going to get the movers to come back over and have them move this drum for me. Okay. Or barrel. They call it a barrel. I would call it a drum, a metal drum. Okay. You know? Yeah. I don't know okay. He calls the movers. They come over. They move the barrel to the edge of the driveway. Okay. And that's where it would need to be for sanitation to come and pick it up. Yes. The next day, sanitation comes. They go to the barrel. They try to pick it up, but it's too heavy. So they leave a note for Dick in his mailbox saying, Dude, we can't move this barrel. It's too heavy. We'll get rid of it for you, but you need to lighten the load.
0: You need They're to know, like, Hey, Dick. Hey, Dick. <laughs> right. Lighten your barrel, Dick. <laughs> exactly. Spill the contents, Dick. Right. So...
1: Dick is like, what the hell? Here I've got...
0: Yeah, I'm you know, trying to
1: move. I'm right. trying to
0: get my house sold. There's so
1: much I'm, stress that yeah, is and going on. moving you're to like, another house, obviously. Right. He's and got one so, foot out the
0: door. It, it's like, for
1: me, a lot of people save... I don't do this anymore. It's actually the first thing I move now... Save their, their
0: clothes for last, no, you do it, and them it's first. such a pain in the butt because yeah. your anger's are and they're so heavy and, and awkward. And you're by then you're exhausted, right? And you're thinking, I'm just if throwing I, my clothes away, if I have to do one more wool coat <laughs> yes. in the summertime. I'm going yes. to die, and you really think about God, I think I'd rather just put it in a dumpster yes. or put it in a trash bag, right? Yeah, so, and now he's got to deal with this
1: barrel that's not his, yeah, but it's been left for him to deal with,
0: absolutely. Pain in the ass. Right. He's
1: not happy, but he grabs a neighbor and says, hey, can you help me open this barrel? I, I got to open don't it. you know how to open it. That's a mighty big can of I know, and, it, and it's sealed. So I would think oh, like, a, like he would open a can of paint, maybe. Then neighbor maybe. brings over a screwdriver, because I guess Dick didn't have one.
0: Well, no, he has one. It's packed in at the other oh, that's the house house. Right. Sorry. It's at the house. That's right. It's at the
1: new house. It's at the new house. The new house Damn it.
0: Neighbor brings over the screwdriver car, and
1: they're you know trying to flip it I'm using my hand y'all can't yeah, see yeah you can't see but she's I'm
0: really opening the hell trying out of us. open
1: the barrel and, they, and I have a hard time even opening paint cans you know yes. it's like such a tiny little rim. yeah and you gotta
0: do like you have to go around it it's not oh, just one pot It's got to yeah. loosen so imagine you're doing this to like a giant a ginormous barrel, barrel. trying to yeah trying to balance on it. moving day oh grief. I'm pissed off for dick I know uh,
1: they crack the seal, they take off the lid, and immediately they are both overcome with this vile odor coming out of
0: this bag. Oh, God, I can only imagine. It's been sitting under there forever. For God, forever. knows
1: can It's even He's in that Kentucky
0: fried chicken oh that has gone really, really bad. Right, or like oil or oh, who knows, anything. Something. Yeah. It trash. It could have just been trash because it's been sealed. It's sealed. And so it's sitting. just rotted within itself. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Plus,
1: he has no idea how long the barrel's been there. Yeah. You know, he's been there for 10 years, Was it? and it was there when he moved in. Oh, God. So, uh, gross. And it's not bourbon. It's not. Oh, yeah. the smell of it, I don't think it's bourbon. <laughs> so, they both kind of take a step back, and then they actually take a step forward and lean to look what's in the barrel. Oh, God. And this big green blob of a bubble bubbles up like it's oh my god, I'm gonna be
0: <laughs> oh, I can't drink my tea now
1: yeah, it's Ugh. so gross oh, it's so sugar. gross and I, have to tell you, me. I have to tell you I got this story from Buried in the Backyard you have to watch it when I'm done, I'll tell you I'll, I shan't because they show actual photos <gasps> of no, this free no, barrel no, no well, as they're looking in this big bubble oh. pops Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, my God. They happen to see. I know, what
0: if it splashed on them? I know. I know. It okay. <laughs> got their mouth. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. So, they happen to okay. see. <laughs> I'm chills. I'm going to be so. Oh, my God. Oh, oh the barbs are ready. Thank God. <laughs> I'm going to take a freaking break. Holy oh, my Let me
1: get through this. Please. Okay. I
0: just need to be. Concentrate on something else for a minute. Well, they
1: can clearly see that there is a freaking hand, a human hand <gasps> oh, in the barrel God, at the be top. Oh, God, so <laughs> ill. In the green goo? Oh. In the green goo, and it's still got a fingernail on it. It's like <laughs> oh, oh, God, oh, please stop it. Please stop it. Please stop it. I'm not, not going You're upsetting my dog. You're upsetting me. Oh, my God. I would have passed out.
0: They would have had to remove me via ambulance. Oh, sugar! First of all, as soon as I opened it up and there was a smell, I'd have done passed out and gotten the oh, door. oh Lord! <laughs> and then I'd run right down the street. I said, I'm not having it. I'm not being a part of it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I don't care if the house sells. I don't care about that freaking barrel or anymore. Burn the whole damn house down. I'm not. I don't care. because oh. I'm not. If it smells, I can't deal with it. And then the, then the goo. Oh, the goo dick runs inside and oh, he calls dick. the police and in tells your, them, in, in
1: your goo. I may or may not have just uncovered a dead body oh, in my yard. With a freaking fingernail on it. Oh God. And like I said, they show it. They actually no. show the picture.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad I did not watch this. I would have been horrified. Oh my God, you have to watch it. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I cannot. Uh, I'll send you pictures. I, don't you dare. Oh my gosh,
1: it's crazy. That's torture. So, the police and the detectives get there, and all they've heard is some guy has called and said that he may or may not have a dead body in his yard. Oh! They don't know the full story of uh-huh. there's a barrel with green goo, and we've seen a human hand in it. Uh, if you don't stop saying that,
0: <laughs> I can't even deal so with it. So, the detective walks over
1: to the barrel, takes the oh. lid off, and he sees the human hand. There are no bones. But it is a human hand, perfectly preserved. Wait, how does it not have any bones? So you would think it would be skeletal remains, uh, right? Uh, but this I, is I mean, a, it was
0: a hand with no bones. So no, I think
1: that's really weird. No, this is a hand like I like. You're looking at my hand
0: with the fingernails. Only
1: it's got a little tint to it. It's good. It's oh, really good. It's a little. This guy's a little discoloration. Oh my god! Oh god! It's so vile. Sugar and he also can see a, sh- a shoe.
0: The next one you do <laughs> has to have something to do with flowers fresh flowers. Oh, you can't. oh this one has to do with flowers. No it does. no it, it doesn't. doesn't it really doesn't. it's so, so gross. yeah. So
1: this barrel weighs over 300 pounds and they the detectives That's have a to big person have to take it right what the hell. What's in this barrel? Oh, my
0: God. they got to
1: get it to the medical examiner's office. This.
0: this is the time you cry, buddy. This is the, this is the one that you cry about because this is horrible. He's just sleeping right through uh, it.
1: <clears throat> well, he doesn't
0: know what's happening with
1: you. So they had to get like a, a lift, a medical lift to oh. come and lift it because it was so heavy. This is a nightmare. Oh, you've not heard the half of it. Oh, I think I have. They get it to the medical examiner's office so they can figure out what what's going on here. They put down a big white tarp and they turn the barrel on its side.
0: No. This is the day I quit my job at the medical medical examiner. Well, <laughs> the smell
1: was so bad, everybody in the room had to have on a gas mask, like a full on, not just like a mask like that a, we're wearing, like a, a respirator gas mask, yeah, because the smell was so bad. Oh my god! And goodness. this green fluid <laughs> runs out oh. of the barrel. Also these uh, tiny little plastic pellets. So just to let you know, this is something I did not know that I found out. When a body decomposes, the liquid that comes out of the body is
0: typically clear. I would never have thought that. So it, would I would it, have thought it would have been like Goo. Goo. Right. No. Like it's yellowish, clear. Right. like nasty. No. Pussy
1: looking no, shit. No, it's not. It's clear. Ugh. So it it shouldn't have been green. No. Oh. They take the fluid, they take samples from the fluid, they take sa- the pellets, and they send them to the lab to be tested to try and figure out what are we looking at here. Now they have to figure out what else is in there. No. So they tip the barrel back no. again, but the body's so in there, it they can't, they can't get it out. It's jammed up in there. Yeah, it's jammed. It's jammed.
0: Oh, for the love of God. So
1: they finally are able to wiggle it what out. What did they use to wiggle that stuff out? I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my. I don't God. Even, I'm not even sure I want to know. I just what can't I can't what not i can not can not get past
0: it. Anyway, this.
1: it comes out. It comes Stop out all make that noise. <laughs> all in one piece. Oh. That's just gross. Cool. The damn body. One big gelatinous piece. Was It was a mummy. It had been mummified. Wow. So what you have, and again, they show this on the no, show no. I was watching. I'm not watching it. The lady is, well, I've given it away. It's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it was either a lady or a man. She's got her knees up to her chest, her legs, her feet are bound. Um, She was upside down in the barrel. Oh, gosh. Um, She was like like an egg. She was very petite. She was a petite woman, so she fit nicely in the barrel, I guess.
0: Just perfectly, I guess.
1: The skin was like leather, but fully intact, and the body was fully clothed. So it's not like a naked skeletal remains. This is is a fully intact, mummified
0: body. Oh, that's one hell of a seal on that barrel. Uh-huh. I don't know who makes them, but right. good on you good on a good good for a good seal. seal. So, so the medical
1: examiner is able to determine that the body was that of a female in her mid to late 20s, early 30s. And her clothes were straight out of the 60s. Straight out of the 60s. Her hair was still intact, except for a spot on the back of her head where she had these gaping wounds oh. So obviously she had been struck Multiple times in the back of the head, and that's how she died. Oh, my. I thought it was really interesting, though, that her hair was still there, except for where these wounds were. That's weird. It it was gone. The whole story, you're going to find that it's like somebody or something from beyond is just handing out this information. It's crazy. It's just... Wait until you hear. It's mind-boggling. So... Her teeth were still intact in her mouth, and she had several gold teeth in the front. Okay. um, Off to the side, not like her front front. But gold teeth were not typically used in dental work in the U.S. Oh. So they knew that perhaps she was from another country. Wow. Good information. Okay. The medical examiners start doing a deep investigation on the body as they begin to dissect and peel back this layer of leathered skin, Oh! they get to her abdomen and they find a perfectly encased skeletal remains of a fetus.
0: <gasps> no way! Yes! Oh my god, she was pregnant? Yes! I thought you were going to say, I don't know what you were going to say, like a completely like her, her dinner was still her in there. Her dinner still in like, oh, oh, yeah, there.
1: A whole Ch- chicken. whole
0: chicken came out. No. A
1: fetus, they determined to be nine months old at oh the time Oh,
0: my of death. God. Nine months gestation? Gestation.
1: Yeah. Like ready to be born.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so
1: crazy. Isn't that crazy? Imagine what they're thinking.
0: They're thinking, what
1: the this hell? is the case of my life. Right. <laughs> my God. What about but
0: this I summer? also have PTSD from it.
1: It's all so very tragic. It is so very tragic, but I found it to be
0: fascinating. It is fascinating, fascinating. how well-preserved everything is. Because whoever
1: did this was not thinking, I'm going to stick this body in a barrel and it's and going to preserve be preserved. preserve
0: it. They thought they were going to be, turn, turn it into dust, goo.
1: Right. It's going to disintegrate and go away. Nobody's ever going to find out.
0: Well, <sighs> guess what? I'm telling you, Karma, oh, she, she is she very is. patient. Yes, she
1: is. She certainly is. So, all right, this is what they know. We've got a 20 to 30-year-old woman, nine months pregnant, from another country, possibly um, could have been murdered 30 years ago.
0: Oh, and she's got gold teeth.
1: And she's got gold teeth, right. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, along with some other odds and ends, this woman's purse is in the bottom of that barrel.
0: Are you kidding me? So...
1: They couldn't find, I mean, there was like an eye pencil, a brow brush, a, a compact mirror. All things that are necessary for the purse. Not identification. Oh, no. Yeah, unfortunately. But there wasn't address
0: book. Oh, wow. I know. Was it preserved? No. Oh, dear.
1: It was so saturated that you could have put your hand through it. Oh. But the detective said, listen, we're going to send it to our... Crime lab, anyway, and see if there's anything they can do. Yeah. With it so, so we can try and figure out who this poor woman is. Right. This is where technology blows my mind, and this is back in 1999. Remember? Wow. So I can't even imagine how far we've become now. Yeah, and we're lab, crying like it's
0: 1999.
1: Yes, it's the end of the world, and we know it. We know it. We do. We're good. Mm.
0: We're fine.
1: So they put, they take this book. And they put it in this big dryer, like a, a dryer, not like a tumble dryer, but a dryer, like a kiln on the, okay. so
0: you would yeah. stick things in,
1: not to burn, but
0: to dry. To Yeah, like to bake it dry, air dry.
1: Right, right. They, oh, something else they find in the barrel.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, plastic leaves, like from... An arrangement of plastic flowers. Oh. These are the green stems with leaves on them. Okay. They found those in the barrel, which was Dog. interesting, right? They're gonna play a big part. Okay. And to figuring out what the heck happened here.
0: Oh.
1: Um back to the book. They're trying to dry it out and they are actually got they've gotten to a point where they've dried it out enough and they can open the cover. Okay. They open the cover, and there's an alien registration number. So alien, as in somebody from another country that comes in and registers in the United States. Hmm. The United States gives them a number. I didn't know that. You didn't? Mm-hmm. It's like their social security number. Okay. So they have an alien registration number that they get. Oh. That means that you're in the country legally. Okay. We're tracking you by this number. Okay. So they take that number to immigration, mm-hmm. and they're able to figure out who... <gasps>
0: they have are you kidding i'm not kidding this is the importance of why we have these numbers and why we have like social security numbers and these added note i don't think they're probably called alien registration numbers now do you think they are yes they are really yeah you still use that word because i thought that was no whatever so whatever. Yeah. But it's, it, that's that's really important. Yes. To, you know, because it's you're documented to be here, but you're also documented so we can figure out who you are if we find you in a barrel. Exactly. <laughs> so that's important Very to know. Very
1: important. Her name was Raina Angelica Mariquin, and she had come to America from El Salvador in 1966.
0: Wow.
1: Detectives continue on working
0: out what happened to
1: Raina. See look we're so far into this and we I'm not even we don't even know what happened to her. No,
0: yet. but at least we now know her name, Gosh. Raina. Bless your little heart and your and your baby. Right. Aww. They
1: also start to to do some deep dive into who lived in the house before taking Jane. Yeah, I would right? imagine so. We're going to so really because where, where they're that? saying
0: she's been in there for like 30 years probably, and right. Dick only had it for 10. That's right. Who so had who had it? it before? Who had it before, it's before a little Dick. title researching going on.
1: And they're looking more closely at the barrel because it's got markings on it. There's numbers at the bottom of it. And there's a company also name on the barrel Okay. for the company that manufactured the barrel. Okay. They were able to track down that company, believe it or not, still operating, nice. still in business. Love it. It belonged to a company that dyed and manufactured plastics. Oh, interesting. And that particular barrel was made March of nineteen sixty three because it had a three six three five five, which meant March nineteen sixty three, and it was a fifty-five gallon. Oh look trunk. at that serial number. I know. They mean something. They do mean something, which is really great news. Yeah. Because this is how they're uncovering what the heck happened to poor Rena and her baby. Now, the lab has continued to work on this address book. And they have actually dried it out enough so that you can open it and read pages in the address book. That is amazing. Some There's some things in there, of course, that they couldn't read. But some places actually had full phone numbers. Nice. The detectives start calling the numbers, calling yeah. the numbers. A lot of them. You know, it's really old. But yeah. a lot of them are disconnected, disconnected or changed. or changed, but they actually hit Pater and they they get in touch with a woman named Kathy. All right. This to me is like divine intervention. To me, it's like the the ghost of Rena has come in and she helps this happen that you can actually get
0: a phone book, a paper phone book. That's been sitting in that goo for thirty years. Thirty years. And you can get a at number the bottom out. Bottom
1: of it. a barrel. And yep. you're able to dry it out enough to get actual phone numbers, contact numbers. That's amazing. An alien registration number out of it. That
0: that it feels like Raina it is saying it's, it's time it's for time. people to know. It's time. Yeah. It's time. She thought maybe when Dick bought the house, it was going to happen. It didn't happen. Well, listen, I I didn't really add this in my
1: story, but Dick, in his interview, did mention that for the longest time they lived in that house, people said it was haunted. And he said once this all came about, with the body in the barrel, he was like, now I get it. It really was haunted.
0: Yeah, it was Rayna. She was reaching
1: out. She needed somebody to know. My question is, did the buyer actually buy the
0: house? After knowing all of this? After knowing all of this. Well, this is all going on, and probably they hadn't gotten to any of this or even reported it to the public. As soon as
1: I found out there was a body in the barrel, I would have been like, oh, we got to go closing right now,
0: right today. Yeah, I'm ready for closing Closing right right now. Yeah, I'm going to pay all your closing costs.
1: (laughs) we got to close on this house Do I have a deal for you? And he did say the day they found out about the barrel, his wife said, I will never set foot in that house again, and she didn't. And they I got a hotel her. room until I don't um, until they
0: were done. That's just freaky, mm. especially because they've been down there and they've seen the barrel. They've been around They're the barrel.
1: They're hide and seek behind the barrel. See, that's
0: the thing. It's not like it was just shoved into a closet and forgotten, mm-hmm. and nobody ever went in it or near it or saw it. They, the barrel was a part of their life. It made me kind of start to think about all
1: the paint cans mm-hmm. in the houses that I've been in before that mm-hmm. people have left behind. And were there bodies in there? And them? I never opened them. I never thought to open the paint cans, but I should have looked no, deeper.
0: Because you would have had some like a fingernail finger sticking on the back. I can't wait to show you the picture of this. I question. will not look at it. <laughs> you can't make me.
1: Okay. So, all right, we've got Kathy. Detectives go over, oh wait, did I finish telling you the story about, oh yeah, we got, years, we got Kathy's number. It's, it's insane. They get Kathy on the phone and she says, yes, I remember Raina. And they ask, can we come over and have a little chatty bit with you about Raina? Kathy said, I've wondered what happened to her for 30 years. Oh my gosh. She has this incredible story. Raina had come over from El Salvador and she and Kathy had connected. Kathy lived in Manhattan and was working at in the garment district at a manufacturing plant. Yeah. And she helped get Raina a job. Nice. Because Raina was really into fashion and it was a big
0: deal for you to have a job in the fashion the district. Garment
1: yeah. district
0: in New York. Even if you were just sewing buttons, it exactly. didn't matter, you, you were in it.
1: Exactly. And Kathy and Raina got to be really close. Raina had shared with Kathy at the time that she had been dating a married man. Oh, wow. And Raina said that they would get together whenever the man's wife was out of town and he would take her out on his boat and out to fancy dinners. And he really treated her well. But she had a big problem because she was living in a Catholic boarding house. Oh, and she had discovered that she was pregnant.
0: Oh,
1: Kathy is trying to kind of be a mentor, like, Sure, you need to, you need to end it. We need yeah. to get you somewhere where you can you know, safely have the baby safely have your baby. And she's kind of talking Raina through it. Raina's very upset and she says, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to find another place and it it was a struggle for her to find another place. The next thing Kathy knows, Raina's calling to say, you won't believe it, but Loverboy has put me up in an apartment in Hoboken, which is in New Jersey. Oh. Right. I got an apartment in Hoboken. He's paying for it. He's even taking me to the doctor for all of my baby visits. Wow. He's really, really treating me well. Nice. Way to show up. I know. So, Raina gets to the point where she's about ready to have the baby, and Loverboy says, Dude, I am not leaving my wife for you. And Raina had thought all along, he well, would be Well, of course, I thought that's wife. where we were headed. Right. Loverboy says, No, I'm not leaving my wife. Well, that really pissed Rena off. So, she called Loverboy's wife and told her about the affair and about the baby. So she told Kathy this? She called the wife of Loverboy. No, but
0: Kathy oh, yes. knows this because so, Rana yes. said this After is what I did. After she
1: calls the wife and uh-huh. tells her what's happening, she freaks out and calls Kathy and she said, oh, he's going to kill me. Oh, gosh. And Kathy said, no, 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 nobody's going to kill you. You're fine. I'm going to come pick you up and bring you back to yeah. my house. Yeah. Kathy lives in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, I don't know how far. It's not horribly far to Hoboken, from Manhattan. But it takes time to get there. Well, Kathy leaves her house. She goes, gets to Raina's place in Hoboken. She knocks on the door. There's no answer.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The door's unlocked. So she walks in, and she's calling for Raina's not there. She walks into the living room, or into the dining room, and dinner is on the table. Oh. And she touches the pan. Dinner's still hot. It's still warm. Wow. So she knows Raina. Can't be far. Can't be far. There are two place settings at the table, by the way. Okay. And Kathy said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see if she comes back so I can get her out of here. Well, she waits for three hours and three no Three hours, wow. She leaves Rena's place, goes to the police department. Mm-hmm. She says, "I think there's that something, something bad has happened to my friend." Mm-hmm. Tells them what's going on. They said, "Well, she's only been gone for three hours. You, there's nothing we can do." This is 1960s. Remember? Yeah. I think we things are taken a little bit more seriously now.
0: I don't know. I guess it depends on where you are.
1: Right. Well, it gets worse.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Kathy then goes back to her place in manhattan the next day she gets up she goes back to the police station she says okay it's been 24 hours plus three plus, three, <laughs> plus the three hour waited, and there's no rena yeah, something really bad gone. has happened she's disappeared but because she was not a family member of oh, She Raina's. couldn't start
0: a missing person? She
1: couldn't file the missing person That's dumb. Armed.
0: I hope we've changed that.
1: I don't know if we have or not, but I hope we have too. And that was it. You know, Kathy's also an immigrant. Mm. So, it's what else could she do? She left. That was it. She never heard from her again. That
0: was the end of the story of Kathy and Rena. Oh, gosh. So, all that time, she was like, I wonder, did she have her baby? Did another right. boy run off of her? Right. You exactly. Know, like,
1: Wow. Isn't that the craziest And she just story? never
0: heard from Raina again. No,
1: nothing. Wow. Nothing. That's just weird. So, um, Kathy has told the detectives all of this information, and they're starting to put together pieces of, okay, we got to figure out who else lived in this house before mm-hmm. Dick and Jane, because more than likely, whoever it was, They killed Raina, lived in this house. Otherwise, why would that barrel be under the house? Yeah,
0: how would they have access?
1: So they go back through the records, and they find out that the second owner built an extension on the house, which was right above where the crawl space is. Okay. And they're thinking, okay, well, that's probably what happened. They go to the second owner. They start talking to him. They said, "We know, you built an extension. You know, we found this barrel, and the owner second owner says, wait a minute, when I moved in, the, the extension was built, but in order for me to move in, I had to get a certificate of occupancy. That's why it looked like he's the one that uh, built, yeah. the yeah. the one he he built the extension, but he wasn't. But he didn't
0: do the construction. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: No, he didn't do the construction.
0: But the other guy that did it didn't go through the right certification, so this guy right. then had to do it.
1: Right. And then he tells the detectives, but I do remember seeing that barrel. Oh gosh. Right. So that just blows my mind. <laughs> like it is now gone from this guy's moved in, he's the second owner. So the first owner has left the barrel. Now the second owner has left the barrel, and poor yeah. Dick got handed it's the thing. He straw. The bag of poop. <laughs> Detectives started asking, questions like do you have any idea what kind of information can you give us on the first owner the guy said i remember his name was howard elkins he was married with a couple of kids and i remember that he was also the owner of some kind of a plastics flower manufacturing company in manhattan bingo voila voila bingo
0: right that's it Did he own the company that made the barrel? He owned the company
1: that made the flowers. Oh. That, that made the, so the plastic pellets are melted down into flowers. Oh,
0: that's what he did.
1: That's what he did, yes. And then
0: he used that company to dye the flowers and the stems and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. And what Green. came in the
1: barrels was the dye. Yes. Look, look at what
0: we've done. We figured it and out. And that's why the leaves were in there because the they leaves. probably were already in there yes. dying, and then he put the reyna in there. Yes. What a mother flipper! Right
1: now we got to figure out rural how he is. Have oh. they find out that Howard owned the company with another guy? His last name is Gatlin.
0: They go to Gatlin because they
1: don't want to let Howard know yet no, until they've got all their ducks in a row. Gatlin is able to identify the barrel and said, yep, that's one of our barrels. He also confirms that the barrel held the dye and the pellets would have been the pellets that they used to make flowers. Mm-hmm. And then he even remembers when they asked that Howard kept a girlfriend <sighs> and that she worked at the plant. He had he, a side piece. He had a side piece which is exactly
0: what they would have called him in the 1960s yeah. in New York, right? Yeah. A broad. Oh, my God, he had a broad. He had a broad. A side piece broad. Yep. My gosh.
1: And they said that Mr. Gatlin described Raina as if he were looking at a picture of her. Mm. She Very detailed because she was a very beautiful woman, very
0: petite. And she was exotic, uh, exotic. because she was from where? Guatemala? Um. El Salvador. Or El Salvador. Yes. Both beautiful people come from there. Yes, they
1: do. The evidence has all fallen into place for them. So they start to hunt down old Howard. Howard is now in his 70s. He's retired and living the good life in Florida. Like We're coming for you, Howie. Like a lot of New Yorkers do, right? Of course. He's a snowbird. He's a snowbird. They go in and they talk to Howard and he lies about everything. He looks at a picture of the barrel and says, no, my company didn't use barrels like that.
0: And they already know. And he's like, They already no, know, Howie.
1: I, a, I don't know anything about that. The jig is up, Howie. Did.
0: You're a big, fat right. liar. Lies
1: about everything. You know
0: why? This blows my mind. <laughs> Murderers lie. They do.
1: But. They lie. He told the truth about one thing. What? He had a girlfriend. He had a side piece. He did say, I, I had did a side have piece. a girlfriend. Yes. Is his wife well, still living at this point? I, I think that he... I, they didn't say. Oh, yeah, she is. She is still living at this, at this point because while they're sitting with Howard, they are pressing him for a DNA sample because, you know, right now, it's a lot of circumstantial evidence to yeah. try and take this to court. Yeah, There's no proof that this is what he did, but they feel like if they can get DNA evidence to link him to the baby...
0: That that would be enough to bring
1: him up on charges I they were
0: going to link him to the barrel.
1: No. I don't, there's nothing in the barrel that's got DNA in it except for that baby. That baby. So they they want to get the DNA evidence from him, link him to the baby, and yeah. then they can charge him with murder. But it's not easy to get DNA evidence from people. They have, no. You they don't have to have a warrant
0: or they have to volunteer.
1: Right. They're trying to talk Howard into giving him this DNA sample. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, look what happened to OJ and that whole, that whole thing. Yeah, I just don't want anybody I don't trust to trust They might play. clone me one day. Exactly. But during the conversation, the phone rings mm-hmm. and it's Howard's wife. And she says, I'm on the way home from the grocery store. I'll be there soon. Oh. So he he becomes undone and tells these investigators, you cannot be here when my wife gets home. She's not to know about any of this.
0: You've got to go. I'd have been like, hmm, I'll go meet her in the car.
1: Right. So investigators had to leave, right? Yeah. Because it's not like they had a warrant to be nope. here. But they go, and, and these are guys from New York. They're in Florida doing this investigation, too, remember?
0: They might stick out like a sore thumb. Maybe. Like, they might have had, like, black socks and sandals on Maybe. and a leather jacket, and it was 95 degrees. Right, right. Yeah, and they're white lily-white legs sticking out underneath some shorts. Right, and a Hawaiian yeah. shirt. And a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> right. yeah. But they're, like, lily-white. Right, yeah, yeah, like me. Yeah, like me, transparent. Yes. They...
1: Leave the house and immediately go and and
0: apply for that warrant to get yes. his DNA. Well, they can do it now because he lied.
1: Because he lied.
0: Because yes. he lied. Because murderers lie.
1: Yes. And they rush it through. And
0: they don't care. They but just they lie. didn't
1: get the warrant until the following day. Okay. They're getting ready to go serve the warrant. Oh, yeah. Here and we go. The Palm Springs. They're in Palm Springs, Florida. The Palm Springs Police Department calls one of the detectives and Uh says, hey, did you guys go and pick Howard up? Hmm. And they said, no, we're getting ready to go. We haven't gone yet. The guy said, well, that's weird because his wife is on the phone and she can't find him.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Right. He had done flu to coop. Right.
1: Howard's gone missing. Howard's gone missing. They can't find Howard.
0: Dirty bird.
1: What a jerk.
0: What a jerk. a jerkwad.
1: If they, like, I want to say, they go on this big search for him, and it's several hours later. They get a phone call, a frantic phone call from a neighbor, several houses down from where Howard lived. And he says, I have a friend who has killed himself.
0: Oh, God. You've
1: got to come quick. Well, Howard had gone and bought himself a shotgun and some ammo and kindly went to his friend's house climbed in the back seat of one of that guy's vehicles... No way. ...and blew his brains out. He's is... What a friend. Oh, my god! What a great guy.
0: Listen, this guy's a jerk. What a great guy. I mean, he... Oh, Howard. <laughs> Golly dang. I know. I know. Oh, Howard. I, I really... I don't... I'm at a loss for... They're going to come in a minute. The words are coming, but <laughs> I, right now, I just... I mean, how freaking... Howard. Right. He, like, oh, he's so gross. He did that to his friend? Right. Because and then, he couldn't face his, his wife? Right. Because he is a philanderer? Right, and a killer. And a murderer. Right. And a barrel sealer. And a baby killer. Oh, my God, he killed that baby, and the baby... Was it his? It was his. Son of a biscuit. The DNA came back
1: and they were able to confirm that he was in fact. A father I hope
0: of his that wife baby. did not give him a burial. I hope she just threw him out on the uh, sidewalk and let the trash get him. I doubt it.
1: I doubt it because the wives they don't want to know. They don't wanna know. <laughs> they don't wanna know.
0: She knew she had to know. Well, she didn't know that he killed her. He, no. she probably thought he was cheating. And probably had a really good indication that he had a side piece. It probably wasn't his first one. Right. And then she thought the problem just disappeared. And then the problem disappeared. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go on with my happy life. This this floozy must have found another guy. Right. And then you just go on. And so you know, but you don't know. Because if she had known he had murdered her and her baby, she might have had a whole different life with him. Oh, yeah. 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 I I surely wouldn't have moved to Florida with him.
1: Uh no no
0: unless I'm I fed see, him to the gators right
1: <laughs> then that would have been a good idea yeah
0: or I bought a big old anaconda as a quote unquote pet right and then put it in the bed with him one night
1: so now detectives have oh the terrible task
0: this is a crappy ending I'm
1: trying to it's actually a a good
0: ending okay it's well this must not be
1: end. the end this is not the end because it's Howard
0: has ending. really let me down
1: Howard said. Howard's not going to spend a day in jail. He took Coward's way out. He really did. No died. question about it. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: The detectives now have got to try and figure out where Rena's family is. Oh. So that they can let them know what happened. Yeah. They are eventually able to find, when I, and I say eventually, I think it was, so they. all of this started in September. By October, this is over. So it's not like an extended whatever. Mm-hmm. They are able to find Reina's family, and they're living in El Salvador. And they let them know what happened to Reina, and they were so happy to hear because she had been writing them letters ever since she moved to New York, starting in 1966. Mm-hmm. And then one day they just stopped. She, they never heard from her again. Well, there's nothing they can do they from can't El get in Salvador, touch with her. right? They no, no way to find her, no mm-hmm. way to do anything about it. No. So, they just hoped that she had gone on to have a happy life. They yeah. had no idea. The crazy thing about this and this gave me chills. The day that they went and found the family, they were having a huge celebration for their for Raina's mother. It oh. was her birthday.
0: Oh my. And if God. I'm
1: not oh mistaken, she was turning like 90. She was older. And detectives came into the celebration, and they actually, I think it might have been a journalist that was able to finally relay all of the information, because I, you know, whatever, but he said, this is what happened to Raina, this is, and she was pregnant, this is what happened to the baby, and we brought their ashes, their remains, their remains. for you, Yeah. You know? and the mother wept and just screamed, my angel, my angel. And she said that she had wondered for 30 years what had happened to her daughter, but that she had also had dreams for 30 years that her daughter was in a barrel
0: going over a waterfall. No, no. Oh, I just got all the chills. Yeah. I got all the chills. So she
1: had had the vision that her daughter was in a barrel. And now she finally had peace.
0: And And closure.
1: And one month after they gave Raina and the baby a proper burial, burial. her mother passed away. Because she could and be she with was her baby. She's, She's been waiting. I've got children. Me so too. Oh. So there is kind of a happy ending because there are a lot of immigrants <sighs> that come over and
0: are killed or murdered. Their families never know. And their families, and never, their families know.
1: never know what happened to them.
0: So at least Especially if they're anything. undocumented and then you don't have a way right. to find anything. You exactly. don't even have a way to identify right. them unless it's like a friend. Yeah. So, so crazy story. That is crazy. Crazy, crazy Yeah, story. I'm glad we got past the icky part, though. Mm. Oh, Lord. I will admit, the pictures are tough to look at. Yeah. They are really tough to look and at. And this explains to me why the other day, I was going, it was pouring down rain, and I was going to pick up my son to take him to a class. And I was kind of in a hurry, but right before I went, I wanted to check the mail because I had some sugar-coated mer- merchandise um, coming in. One thing was for him, so I wanted to see if it was there. And I got it, and I got so excited, and then I was like, oh, it's pouring down rain. I don't want to take the rest of the mail. So I just walk out to my car, and then I'm um, going then
1: uh, <laughs> enters Ann, who's walking trout. It's pouring down rain outside. I go to walk my dog. As I'm coming back, I can see keys hanging out of a mailbox. And I thought, well, that's strange. I get closer. Karen's keys hanging out of the mailbox. (laughs) And I think, what the hell has happened to my sister? She's in a barrel. Her car is gone. Her keys are in the mailbox. Her mail is in the mailbox. There's a truck downstairs where someone is obviously working on one of the apartments, probably painting it. I'm thinking, oh my God, I ran up here with my dog, said some very ugly things when I called her and said, where
0: Where are are you? you?
1: And I was like, um, in my car. What's your problem? I said, you scared the crap out of me. You yeah. don't leave your keys in a mailbox in the pouring rain. Take your car. When you and your sister do a murder podcast, And you just
0: watched a whole show about a woman in a barrel. I have
1: done that, and the and the story after that is about a poor woman in a wishing well. Oh my
0: gosh! Yeah. Where, where
1: is my sister? My
0: sister is in a well. No, ugh. I was just ditzy. Yeah. So, that was an incredible murder. So, I'm going to go over, while you're getting the bars ready, I'm going to go over our social media situation.
1: Yes, because there's social media, we've got some exciting things coming
0: up. We have a lot to say. Yes. All right. So, the first thing is, the excitement is that today is the last day of September, and it's also, as I mentioned before, International Podcast Day. But, the more exciting news than that is, starting in October... We're dedicating all of our episodes to ghost stories. We're so excited. So we may or may not even get into the kitchen because we're trying to go and record some remote locations, maybe on location at a couple of places. So bear with us if we don't get in the kitchen. We'll be back in the kitchen as soon as october is over but that's so exciting it's so
1: exciting yes
0: we're very excited we have a lot of things just jam-packed in there for you guys so stay tuned you told them
1: i'm sorry i was looking at my bars did you tell them we're going to be on location
0: i said we are going to be either remotely we're going to be remote and on location as much as we can so we may not be in the kitchen we may be not in a kitchen area
1: no, we're going to be in spooky places.
0: We're going to be in spooky, spooky. Well, not all of them are spooky, but some of them. Right, right. So I understand what you're yes. saying. So anyway, um, I'm going to go over our social media. We have Instagram, and that is at Sugar Murder. You can find us on there. Please come and join the fun on Instagram. We have Facebook. We have a Facebook regular page that's just Sugar Murder podcast. You can find us there. And you can also find us at the Sugar Coated Murder Podcast fan page group. And um, that one you have to ask to join, but we've never turned away anybody because we're desperate for friends. We are. <laughs> we're desperate. And we're always so excited when somebody wants to join our group. We're like, oh my God, we gotta go. <laughs> so find us there. Um, and then also we have. Email, which we've talked about before, but it's murder.sugarcoated.com, at and um, email us, let us know, give us spooky stories, Yeah. give us murder stories, give us recipes, and give us your love, because we need it, we do desperately love. need it, we do. and um, gosh, is that all the stuff that we have, is that it, oh, don't forget we have merchandise, we do we're have at um, public merchandise um <coughs> sorry sugar-coated murder podcast and also we've just launched on Redbubble, so you can go to redbubble.com and look up sugar-coated pod i think is what they called us okay or it could be sugar murder pod Well, that's
1: important to know
0: it is but if you if you type in sugar-coated murder podcast it will take you to that gotcha so, we have merchandise there as well. So, those are two different places for merchandise, and they have some similar things, but then they have a lot of different things too. So, you can look at both places. And um, I don't think we have anything else. You did.
1: You've gotten a coffee mug and some shirts.
0: Oh, I got. We all got face masks. We
1: got face masks. Yes,
0: I have a shirt on today that's a it's a men's, but it's a V-neck T-shirt, and I really love it. It's so soft. It's
1: very snazzy.
0: Yeah, I love it, and um, got a coffee mug. Um, my husband got a spiral-bound notebook. Yeah, so it's a good quality product. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we're going to taste these key lime bars. We are. And oh, they look so good, and I love it that they're still warm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they're covered in powdered sugar. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, you did it.
1: That's amazing.
0: Mm. Guys, if you just need a little bit of summer left,
1: these are great.
0: Get these. They're they looked very simple from my point of view.
1: Yeah, they weren't. Really and they're hard.
0: quite tasty. You can turn these out in a heartbeat. I, I have a feeling except for the juice that you've got everything else in your kitchen already.
1: Yeah, most likely. Yep. Oh, so let me go back and talk a little bit more about our on location or remote mm-hmm. episodes. We're going to have a special guests too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're going to have special guests. And these are people that are like ghost storytellers professionally.
0: I know. That's amazing.
1: We've got some that aren't professional, some that are professional. But I, we can't tell you because it's a secret right now. But it's a surprise. There's one place we're going. Your, it's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. It's going to blow your mind. It's blowing my mind. Everybody else has to pay to go. We're going for free.
0: Yep, we are, girl.
1: And it's going to be scary. It's going to be spooky. And I'm definitely... You're going to have to drive because I'm going to have to drink. We might have to Uber to that one.
0: It's in the middle of the day. <laughs> yes. It's like in the morning. I know. We'll be so scared, though. I know. It's going to be so fun, guys. Huh? Yeah. So, stay tuned for all that special stuff. I in the meantime... Stay sweet and don't murder. No, because if you kill people, we will talk talk about about you. you. And wash your damn hands. Wash your freaking hands. Wear a mask when it's necessary. It's an act of kindness, not an act of submission. Yeah. And And that's it. Have a great week. Everybody have a great week. Thank you again, Robin, for sending me the murder. Send murders. We love it. And we love y'all. And goodbye. Goodbye.